This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And about uh, five minutes after four o'clock, we are ready to rock and roll here. It is all about employment law, workplace rights. And of course, this is a call-in show, so we'd love to hear uh, from you. Over the next hour, and that is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We deal with all kinds of employment matters and severance and people being let go and people being put on temporary layoffs and bosses and subordinates and employers, employees, you name it. We uh, we run the gamut here on the show, so we'd be willing and eager to talk to you if you have any questions over the course of an hour. We will get to in just a little bit as well. If you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this, dot, dot, dot. we got a bunch of those to get through as well, Lior. But uh, first, as always, we get to the week that was. How was it, pal? Well, John, uh, it's uh, it's been great. Uh, it's been uh, another busy week, big, a busy start to the year, to 2019. Uh, a lot of uh, questions that I've had the privilege to answer and uh, people reaching out, email, phone calls, uh, wanting to know about their rights. And that's good. You know, this time of year, I've said this before, uh, it, it's a time when some workplace changes may happen. It doesn't mean that you've done a bad job or there's anything wrong with you, but companies go through changes, uh, restructuring, cost-cutting, realignments. There's many ways to describe it. This is the time of year. Early in the year, it happens. And because of that, you may find yourself in a situation where you have questions. Maybe because of this changes, you've lost your job, or maybe you've been offered a different role, different responsibility, right. diff- different compensation. Well, if you want to know what that means, if you want to know what your rights are, and, and, and spoiler alert, you probably have some really good rights, well, call me, email me, whether it's on the show or at the office. We'll give you my office number and contact information plenty of time throughout the show. But, you know, we're here for the next hour till 5 o'clock. Let's talk about your workplace rights. And, and I always say, when you call the show and ask your question about your situation, you're helping others because you're mm-hmm. not the only one experiencing that problem. So help others. Make sure that uh, everyone has the information that they need about their workplace rights. And, John, you know, let's get warmed up here. Let's talk about a couple of uh, specific matters that came across my desk. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman who recently started working for a company in a fairly senior role, in a senior marketing role. And uh, just a few days before his three months with the company, the company came to him and they said, you know, listen, uh, things are not working out the way we wanted. You're a good guy, but it's just not the right fit for us uh, here. You know, it's it's not uh, you're not exactly what we wanted. Mm-hmm. N- nothing personal, so we're gonna have to part ways. And you know, he he kind of agreed with them. He also was figuring it's just hasn't been the right fit. Uh, and the company said to him, you know, you've been here for just under three months. We don't have to pay you anything, but we're gonna be nice because we like you. We're gonna offer you one week's pay. Uh, and he called me, and he wanted to know whether that was right and whether he is owed anything else. Now, mm-hmm. uh, John, it's important to note that his employment agreement didn't say anything at all about probation, and that's a key. That's the key. Because of that fact, he was not on probation. There's a misconception that you're automatically on probation for right. the first few months of a job. No, it's not the case. You're only on probation if you sign an employment agreement that specifically says that. Okay, if it says that and you sign that document, fine, you're on probation. Otherwise, you are not. Now, why is that important? It's important because of the issue of severance. Because he wasn't on probation, even though he's only worked there for just under three months, he's owed severance. In fact, John, I assessed him as being owed as much as four months pay. Wow. Now, you don't have to adjust your radio sets. Okay, you don't have to uh, to uh, you know make sure your headsets are working or whatever it is. I've said that correctly. Four months, even though he's only worked there 
for less than three months. It goes back to the rule that short service employees are treated quite well when it comes to severance. So I wanted to bring this up for two points. Number one, to remind people that you're not actually on probation unless you sign an agreement that says so. So if you lose your job in the first few months of employment, you're owed severance. That's number one. And number two is to remind everyone that, as I said, that short service employees do get severance and, in fact, good severance. In many cases, the, the amount of severance could exceed the length of employment. It's very common for someone to work for a few months and be owed a few months' pay. So there's important lessons there, John, so that's why I brought it up. Again, scratching your head about this or anything else, any other topic about the workplace, uh, 604-280-9898. This is a call-in show. Lines are open for you to uh, chime in and ask your questions. Uh, what else uh, What else you got going on? So I spoke with uh, another gentleman who found himself in a very uncomfortable situation. He uh, also in a senior role with his company, and recently they told him that uh, things, uh, again, are not working out, so they're going to need to make a change, and they don't know exactly when, but heads up that we're going to be uh, parting ways with you soon enough. Mm-hmm. Now, the company then goes out and actually posts uh, an ad online for a replacement for this person. The problem with that is that now all his colleagues know. He, all his colleagues know that he's kind of a, a dead man walking there, that his days are numbered, so it becomes a very uncomfortable situation for yep. him. Uh, so he called me and he wanted to know, do I have to continue working? Can I leave now? I don't want to go to work every day where everyone I talk to knows that they've decided to let me go. It's just a matter of time. So here's the thing, John. Because it's now embarrassing, because they've created a work situation that makes it uncomfortable, uh, makes it uh, very difficult for him to continue working, he doesn't have to. That's actually a constructive dismissal. So he can treat that as a termination now, even though... They were going to let him go in a few months, potentially. He doesn't have to wait that long. He can leave now and get his severance. And that's Mm -hmm. a reminder for everyone that, uh, you know, your situation may be different, but if the situation you're dealing with is one where now work environment is uncomfortable, work environment is unproductive, unsupportive, embarrassing, whatever you want to call it, that could be a constructive dismissal. You don't have to take that. You may be able to leave with your full severance if that happens. Want to reach out, by the way, at 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior, member of the team on his end, or uh, help at employmenthour.com. But as promised, we always take the phone calls as the priority. we get to the first one of the afternoon. Greg, that would be you. How are you, pal? Good. How are you guys? Good, man. What's uh, what's up in your world? Oh, a lot. But I have a question for you, because i got a friend of mine uh, who works for a restaurant, and um, I used to work in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the industry many, many years ago, many moons ago. Um, I even general managed uh, like White Spot back in the day. But I, I've never heard of this where um, they will come in a scheduled uh, a time, so say 5 o'clock, and then they are told to sit and wait and not get paid. And hmm. I've never heard of that. And I know that now there's a, that whole two hour, like you have to get paid for a minimum two hours. Um, and then they can, uh, if they send you home early, whatever, which I think still is crap, but whatever. Um, I understand, my understanding of the labor, labor law is that uh, if you are scheduled to come into work, you get paid when you come in. Now, Greg, for, for how long are they telling the person to, to sit and wait? For Is it five minutes or is it an hour? Oh, uh, we're talking like it could be an hour. Uh, she could be there an hour and then uh, send her home because it's not busy enough. Wow. And she, she won't get paid. 
No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. You're, you're, you're spot on, Greg. Of course, that that's not legal. If your employer tells you to be at work at five and you show up at five, then guess what? You have to get paid from that point on. And you're right. You have to get paid for a minimum of time. Uh, but even let's say you, they, they tell you to, ha- to, to come in at five, but you don't actually start working till six. Well, guess what? You still have to get paid from five because you showed up there. Now you're not on your time. You're on their time. So that's illegal. So I know. What, what, I, I have a follow-up, though. What does she do? Because she, she, she's not from here, okay? So she's, she's new to the country. Uh, I think, you know, there's some advantages that are taken of, uh, of um, international students and whatnot. So what, what is the best... Uh, now, how, is she the only one, her? Greg, at, at this no. particular restaurant that's treated this way, or is there, are there others? There's others. So here's what she can do, or you can help her with that potentially if she, she's uh, afraid. You should contact the Employment Standards Branch and tell them about this restaurant and, and say that this is not a problem with one employee. That's a problem with a bunch of employees. Have them come in and, and determine that that's wrong and then order the, the employer, the restaurant, to not do that anymore. And there could be fines. There could be penalties. So you could, someone could do that anonymously. Someone could do it in, in the name of all employees so it's not something that she has to worry that they'll pick on her. That's the only way to resolve it. If she, if there's no inclination to to call the employment standards branch, then nothing can be done. I mean, I can also yeah. send a letter on her behalf, but then they'll know it's her. So mm-hmm. I think the best way to do it is go through the employment standards branch because absolutely, that's illegal. They can't do that. Yeah, um, and you know, she does like she likes the job, but you know, that's one of the things that I told her. You know, I've I've never heard that in my entire life. If someone was to tell me to come into work and just wait. Uh, and then I find out they're not paying me. <laughs> they now I'm not afraid to speak up, and I will yep. speak up, and I have spoken up in the past. Um, I've quit jobs within within five ten minutes of being um, uh, abused yep. immediately. So, uh, but there's a lot of people that that do get taken advantage of, and they have to know that um, there are rights. They, they they do have rights, and they shouldn't be afraid to speak up um, because if if you if you don't, you're just going to get you know trampled on your whole life. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that right there, what you just said is kind of the theme of our show completely. I agree. She should speak up. She can call me or she could go to the employment standards branch or you can do that for her. But absolutely, that's illegal and they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. Good opening salvo there, guys. Greg, thank you for that call. You want to reach out. Your friend wants to reach out to Lior. That is simple. 604-283-3123 and help at employmenthour.com through email. We'll try to get some emails a little later on in the in the show. In the meantime, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to get to the topic of if you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. We'll dig into that quite deeply and your phone calls as well. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way. This is CKNW. Yeah, you have a ton of time still to call in and ask your questions like Greg did a few moments ago, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In the meantime, getting to the topic we have for tonight, possibly some emails if we could squeeze those in as well. That is help at employmenthour.com. But Lior, I like this one you sent over, and that is if you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. I love it. John, I, I always say that the law is quite good, and, and individuals have a lot of legal rights, extensive legal yep. rights. 
But in some situations, and I see this more often than I like to, people do things that compromise their rights. They give up those rights. And then as, as good as the law is, the law may not be able to help you. So what we want to talk about, specifically as it relates to employment law and workplace rights, is how not to give up your rights. How to make sure that uh, you let the law take effect and, and to, to protect you and don't give up those rights. Uh, and, and so hopefully that's some important tips there that you can use uh, in, in your workplace rights. You know, the first one we'll uh, get into here is things you don't ever want to do. Uh, you know, you take a mortgage out in your house, there's those reams of paper. You take a car lease or you finance a car, reams of paper. We are all guilty of doing this and not reading right till the end of the contract can get you in trouble. Number one is don't sign the employment agreement without knowing exactly what you are signing. Yeah. So, so, so important and, and probably the biggest one. We could literally stop after this one because the yeah. employment agreement is a document that sets the terms of your employment. It, it, it does. Now, the law imposes terms, but the law also says you can change those terms or eliminate them in an employment agreement. And oftentimes what an employment agreement does is it takes away some rights that you would otherwise have or and either eliminates those rights or gives them to the employer. So an employment agreement can pr- limit your severance. An employment agreement can allow the company to lay you off temporarily. An employment agreement can allow the company to change your job, to demote you, to relocate you, to change your compensation. Uh, it can do all those things and more. And many people sign that because they don't know, they don't realize. They look, okay, the salary is fine, the, the, the week's yep. vacation is fine. They don't understand what they're actually signing. So the, probably the, the easiest way to lose your rights is to sign an employment agreement that's bad, that gives up those rights. And remember, employers are getting more sophisticated. They understand that it's better for the employer to have a good comprehensive employment agreement. So next time you get a job offer, it's very likely that that job offer document, the employment agreement, is going to contain terms that are very, very unfavorable to you. So you have to be careful. I would much rather, if you're an employee, sign an agreement uh, or, or that's that's one paragraph long, or even sign uh, or start working on a handshake. Much better than having a ten-page document. But at the very least, if you're being offered a job, uh, make sure you understand what it says. Read it carefully. Have me help you if something there doesn't make sense. And you can potentially negotiate some of those terms. But, John, the easiest, easiest way to give up your rights is to sign an employment agreement uh, that gives up those rights. So don't do that. You know, Be I, smart. If I'm hearing this for the first time, I think, wait a minute, Lior. You're telling me that handshake or one little piece of paper is better than 15 pages? I feel more protected with the 15 pages. What gives? That makes no sense. That, that, that's counter to everything I would think. That's because of the misconception that the employment agreement is there to protect the employee. It's not. It's there to protect the employer. The law, which is available out there, protects you. The employment agreement takes away from those rights. So no, you are better off with a small or no employment agreement. Less is more when it comes to an employee. Always remember that. Things uh, you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. Don't take, quote-unquote, take one for the team at your expense, right? And, and here's what I mean by that. People may not understand. Take one for the team is, you know, being a good team player. So, okay, uh, company says we, we need people to, to take pay cuts, for example, just as, a, as an example. Well, you know, I don't want to take a pay cut. Who does? But I'll take one for the team. I want to be a good team player. And, and you know, I'll take that one 5% pay, pay cut, and that's done. The problem with that, as admirable as it is, is that by taking one for the team, you give the company the right to do it again and again and again. And the next time they do it, you won't be able to do anything. 
The first time the company wants to impose a change, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal. But if you don't and you take one for the team, you've given up your rights. You've compromised those rights and next time you can't do anything about it and you're stuck. So that one 5% pay cut that you thought you're taking becomes 10 and 20 and 50 and 80 and you won't be able to do anything about that. So whenever you're faced with a significant change in the terms of employment, really think about whether you want to take one for the team or stand up for your rights, treat that as a constructive dismissal and make sure that you don't compromise anything in the future. You know, it's funny, you get those people that, that uh, you know, you tell them not to do that, and it, it's totally counter, I guess, to what they're thinking. They want to be you know, a team player, they want to help out, they think, you know, I love my job, I like the people I work for, but then if you just take those same people at the airport when they're asked to give up their bags and for check-in luggage to make some room, <laughs> those people never budge. They just maintain that mentality when it comes to, to the workplace of giving up your rights, right? You know, I, I, that's I the same thought about it in those do. terms. Yeah, but I think that's a good way to to to, descri- to to describe the situation. You're right. You're absolutely right. It, it's it's it has to be. I know it, it doesn't sound right because you know we're generally generous people and we like to consider others. That's great. Right. But when it comes to workplace rights, it does need to be me first. It really does because if it's not me first, then you're gonna pay for it later. And and, and that's what I yeah. want to make sure you avoid. You don't want to compromise your legal questions and and you sure your legal entitlements. Uh, so any yep. questions about that, always reach out to me. And don't touch my carry-on baggage. We're talking about ways to preserve your workplace rights. Don't ever do these things. Uh, again, this one's, this one's so huge. Don't accept a temporary layoff or other big change to the terms of your employment. That's a big one. The temporary layoff is huge. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a huge one, and it's kind of tied to what we were talking before. If a company lays you off temporarily and you will let them do that, you may give them the right to do it again. Remember, temporary layoff is a termination. They're not allowed to do that. But if you allow them to do that, you've allowed them to do it again potentially in the future. And then you work for a few months, you get laid off for a few months, and round and round we go. Not a, not a very good way to work. So when it comes to temporary layoffs, I always say stand up for your rights. Don't let that happen. And same with other changes. Changes, I said already changes to compensation, but you know, a, a, a relocations, demotions, change to your hours. Big one, by the way. Uh, you know, employee, instead right. of working uh, 9 to 5, we want you to work uh, 10 to 6. Okay, but be careful because right. by opening that door a bit, you think, oh, you know, it's just a little crack that I've opened it. You may now have opened it much more than a crack. Now they can change it to 11 to 7 or 12 to 8 or what have you because you've allowed them to do it that first time. So whenever you face with a change, take a moment. Stop. Think about that. Is it a problem? Are you concerned about this happening again? If you are... If this happening again could be a bad thing for you, take a step back, call me, let's talk about it, let's discuss whether it makes sense to be a constructive dismissal, what Mm -hmm. you have to gain by treating that as a constructive dismissal. Don't just accept the change, because if you do, you may be stuck. Is there is there times, places, uh, if not jobs, where a temporary layoff is assumed part of the job? Yeah, some jobs are by definition are seasonal. You know, pool cleaners, right. uh, roofers, you know, it's, it's a number of other types of, of jobs that are, are inherently seasonal. And if you're working for a job that, that's a seasonal job, you know, you, even, even in BC, you know, we have some mild temperatures here. Not, not too many pools are open, uh, in the winter. So if you're a pool cleaner, for example, it's expected you're not going to be working in the winter months. So yes, you'll, you'll be laid off temporarily and come back to work afterwards. So yes, but unless you're working for a job that's inherently seasonal, no, a company does not have a right to lay off temporarily, but they could gain that right if they do it and you allow that to happen. And that's exactly what you want to avoid. 
Do not forget about your employer when you're on a medical leave. This one is often not done intentionally, but sometimes it happens, right? So you're on a medical leave, you can't work, you're trying to get better, uh, and really all you want is the time to get better. And that's fine and that's perfect. But here's the thing. You don't want your employer to forget about you. So don't forget about your employer. Keep them updated. Okay. Make sure that they know that you're, you're getting better, that you're working on it, that you still plan on coming back. Because if you're coming back, you know, a year or two years later, you come back to work, you don't want your employer to say, I hadn't heard from you in two years. I thought you quit. I don't have a job for you. So don't compromise your rights. Don't compromise your job by forgetting about your employer. You don't have to uh, send your employer a note every week. But, you know, maybe every two months or so, send either an email or even a doctor's note, just confirming that, hey, I'm still here, still working on it, still hoping to come back to work. If you do that, and if the company then lets you go or doesn't have a job, that could potentially be a human rights violation. So that would be illegal. So don't forget about your employer when you're off on a medical leave. Going to take a quick one, Vlad. I see you there. Hang on, fellow. We'll get to your call right after the break. You as well. Plenty of time, plenty of room. Come on in. Water's warm. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We continue. More Employment Hour on CKNW. Plenty of time indeed for you to call in, ask your questions. Uh, Lior there to answer, of course, each week. Uh, 9898 on your cell, star 9898 on your cell. You want to call in. In the meantime, talking about this, that is, if you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. The next one up on our list is don't quit. Quit unless it's completely voluntary. Two words there, quit and voluntary, right? Those are the important ones. They are important because to to actually for it to be a resignation, it has to be voluntary. Uh, if you actually quit, it suggests that you're quitting because you decided on your own that you don't want to work there. If someone told you you have to quit, if someone told you you better quit or else, and as a result of that you quit, that's actually not a resignation. That is a termination. If I tell you, John, if you don't quit, I fire you, and then you quit, well, the reason you're not working there anymore, it's because I told you you're gone. So whether you said the word I quit or I said the word you're fired, it's a resignation or it's a termination, I should say. The problem is this. The problem is if you actually utter the words I quit and then you leave, well, later on, it may be very difficult to prove that you quit because someone told you that you had to. So later on, when we try to say, well, wait a second, I didn't really want to quit. I only quit because you threatened me, you told me I had to, so it's really a termination. The company may deny that. They say, I never said that to you. Right. And then it becomes a, a he said, she said. That's why you don't want to compromise your rights by doing that. Don't quit unless you want to quit, unless you don't want to work there anymore, unless you've decided you want to move on, have a better job, what have you. If you're ever in a situation when someone says quit or else, you should say, I'll take the or else, please. I'm going to continue working. If you don't want me here, you can let me go. And by the way, they'll probably owe you severance at that point. So don't quit unless you want to quit. Don't quit unless it's voluntary. Otherwise, you may be compromising your 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 uh, legal rights. But irrespective of that, if you did quit because you felt you had no choice, I still want to talk to you. We still can potentially find a way to treat that as a termination, get you severance. But again, if I have my way, I would rather you simply be terminated so that we don't have to get into a he said, she said situation. And that way we can get you your full severance uh, much easier. I guess some of the language you've heard in that regard when it comes to not being a resignation is, you know, I'll expect your resignation on my desk Friday at 3. Thank you very much. 
that doesn't I've work. seen that many times, and and yeah. uh, most people when told that say, "Well, I guess I have no choice." Well, no, there's right. no such thing as as expecting a resignation. Uh, if a resignation has to be voluntary, if someone is expecting it, or else it's not voluntary. So, uh, if you're ever being told that, I've I've seen dozens of people, or I've talked to dozens of people that have been told that, you should say no, thank you. I'm going to continue working until you tell me that I shouldn't be anymore. Uh, there nice. should be no exceptions to that. To call in a question, still plenty of time, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're talking about things to do to preserve your workplace rights. Don't ever do these things. And that is, uh, this one pretty much goes for everything in life, well, except maybe childbirth. And that is, don't forget to document everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be kind of weird with a childbirth, but you never know. Maybe you want to. Yeah, you know, the conception's well. one thing, but the you know, the childbirth, we don't want to. We're not interested no, in that. No but uh, but it's true when it comes to workplace. <laughs> it, it is extremely true when it comes to workplace rights. Document, document, document. You know, at real yeah. estate, it's location, location, location. Workplace yep. rights, it's document, document, document. And, and, and it's very important. If something happens and you wish you had a record of it, document it. If someone says something to you and you think that's something you, you'll need down the road, then send an email to someone confirming or have a diary, a journal, a log, something where you can keep track of what happened. The best way to have evidence in the workplace is to create a, a, a document or to have some contemporaneous notes. So that, for example, has to do, let's talk about workplace harassment. If you're being mistreated, your boss is saying things, doing things to right. you, you don't want it later on to be a he said, she said. The best way to have credibility is if you document things as, as they happen. You send an email to your boss confirming what happened. You have a, a, a diary, a journal. A, that's a, such a good way to deal with workplace harassment because later on, when now we say, okay, now we have to deal with the harassment. Now we have the evidence. Now we have the proof. Don't expect your boss to admit that they harassed you. Well, we don't need them to admit if we have the evidence, if we have the proof. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, performance improvement plans. Uh, you know, if they, they give you something, you don't agree with it. Uh, if there's other reasons, you document those. You have those there to respond. You compromise. You don't compromise your legal rights by doing that. So document, document, document. You know, that kind of flows into the next one. You mentioned, you know, performance reviews and performance plans. It's, you know, don't just accept, accept unfair discipline or inaccurate performance reviews for that matter. You got to have a rebuttal, right? Again, in writing. Absolutely. Another way to oh. compromise your legal rights is to be uh, too accepting and accommodating when it comes to bad performance yeah. reviews. If you don't say anything, it's the same as you've said, I agree. So if you don't agree with the bad performance uh, the review that you got, or if they put you on a performance improvement plan, you don't agree with it, there's some information that they got wrong or information that they didn't consider, say so, and say so in writing. It's so important. I, I can't emphasize this enough. If you get a bad performance review and you don't say anything, it's exactly the same as saying I agree. And later on, when now yeah. they want to let you go because of this bad performance review, it's going to be harder to challenge it because you wouldn't have said anything about it. Uh, you would have accepted it. So you don't have to be aggressive about it. You don't have to be uh, you know, attacking the company. It's as simple as saying, I know company, you said that I did the following things, but here's what you actually didn't know, or, or here's what actually happened. Let me explain to you why this was not as, as you believed that it was. Put that in writing by doing that, it's going to be much more difficult for the company to rely on that bad performance review or on the performance improvement plan or on the disciplinary letter, what have you. Always put your position in writing. Don't be afraid to do that. Nothing bad can happen. And by doing that, 
you will ensure that you still preserve your legal rights. This always is a call-in show. You have questions or comments, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Still here for about uh, 20 minutes. You've got plenty of time. And the last one we'll cover on this topic for uh, this afternoon, that is uh, if you want to preserve your workplace rights, don't ever do this. Don't file a complaint with the Labor Board if you lose your job. They have their service, but this is not the one you want to do it for, right? Yeah, it is. It's very important to remember that this. If you file a complaint uh, here in BC with the Employment Standards Badge, certainly when it comes to losing your job, you may compromise your rights. You may make it difficult for you to pursue your full rights. And and here's the thing: when uh, the, the Employment Standards Badge can also can only enforce your minimum entitlements, and that's very important when it comes right. to to termination and, and severance. So they may only be able to get you uh, a week per year of service which is your minimum entitlements, but you could be owed six times that, and they can't do that. And by filing a complaint with them, it's much more difficult to then get out of it and and, uh, and get your full entitlements. We still may be able to do that, okay? So don't get me wrong. You may file a complaint with the Employment Standards Branch, and I can still help you get your full entitlements potentially, but you've made it harder, okay? You've made it much, much harder. So why do that? Don't do that. You can go to the Employment Standards Branch if you have an overtime issue or vacation pay issue or statutory holiday issue. Absolutely, you can and you should, okay? And they do a good job in enforcing those rights. But you should not go to the Employment Standards Branch. You should not go anywhere uh, government-related, if you will, when it comes to losing your job. They can't help you. Uh, they can't get your full entitlements. Go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much you're owed. Call me. Call another employment lawyer. If you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. But do not go through the employment standards branch when you lose your job. Uh, they simply cannot help you and make it difficult for you to get your full entitlement. So don't compromise your legal rights. You know, you just you mentioned it there, so I'll let you talk a little bit about that over the next minute before we break, and that would be the severance pay calculator. I haven't talked about that yet tonight. Over half a million people have used it uh, across the yeah. country, and I'm very proud of it, a tool that I've created to allow anyone to find out exactly how much they're owed if they lost their job, the full amount, severancepaycalculator.com is the website you go to. It, it literally takes seconds. You simply answer how old you are, the type of job that you have, and the length of your employment. That's it, and you find out how much severance you're owed, how many months pay you are owed. It's free, it's anonymous, it's easy to use, so there's really no no reason not to. Uh, even if you're just curious, if you're sitting at home right now thinking, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty secure in my job, I've been there for a long time, but you never know. So you should have that information, so check it out. You may be surprised by how much you're owed, uh, if, and certainly if you've just been called into the meeting with HR and you're walking out of there with your severance papers in hand, and you have no clue, they offered you six months pay, is that good, is that not severancepaycalculator.com and spoiler alert it's probably not even close to being good there is an employer mode on that as well if you're an employer you can also use the uh, severance pay calculator absolutely no charge you couldn't you can't put a credit card in there if you want to it's absolutely free and anonymous you can walk away with the knowledge and be the wiser for it so check it out severancepaycalculator.com phones are open we'll take a short break get to your calls plenty of time to call in now would be the time 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour on CKNW. The number to call in and ask your questions for the remainder of the time we're here just before uh, 5 o'clock, 604-280-9898 or star 
9898 on your cell. There's also the email you can reach out to either uh, while we're on the show or otherwise, doesn't matter when, help at employmenthour.com and the phone number to get a hold of Lior, Leah, the rest of the team at the firm, of course, 604-283-3123. Get to an email now. Uh, Lisa wrote in, Lior says, uh, short but sweet, but I know you want to get to it. My employer has cut my hours in half. What do I do? Well, I'm assuming what Lisa is also facing is a situation where not only her hours were cut in half, but her compensation was cut cut accordingly. Right. Because if it's just her hours were right. cut in half, but the compensation is the same, I would say, you know, are they Score. hiring and can I apply for a job there? So uh, <laughs> that, that's probably not the case. So it's probably more of a serious situation. So here's the thing. Obviously, and, and our, our regular listeners know this. An employer doesn't have a right to do that. Obviously, that's a huge change to the terms of employment. Gosh, to, to cut your hours in half, it's of course, that's a constructive dismissal. And I cannot see any world, any situation where the employee would decide to accept that. Listen, if the company yeah. said, we're, we have this terrible situation that's happened, so for the next couple of days, we have to cut your hours in half, well, I guess as a practical matter, fine, that's okay. But if the company says, no, no, we're going to cut your hours in half moving forward, Absolutely not. Not acceptable. They shouldn't be doing that. They can't be doing that legally. You should treat that as a constructive dismissal. And and even you talk we talked before about being a good soldier and taking one for the team. Yep. That's not one to take for the team. First of all, half your pay is is uh, a lot. And even if you were willing to accept it, you've given them the right to do it again in the future. So no. They right. don't have a right to do that. And here's here's how we could get even worse, John. So let's say they cut her pay in half. And then a month later, they decide to let her go. Well, they still mm-hmm. have to pay her severance, except now the severance is calculated on the basis of the half, of the half of salary that she's making. So bad idea. Don't let that happen. She can treat that as a constructive dismissal right now and get her full severance based on her full compensation. And by the way, it doesn't, doesn't have to be cut and paid by half. Even if it was 10%. That would also right. easily be a constructive dismissal. So uh, don't don't let that happen. You know, it's funny, and you put it in those terms. If you know it was cut in half, and you know a month later she gets let go, what happens if she's a ten-year employee, fifteen-year employee? Even if it's minimum wage, the difference in money there is like enough to just drop you where you stand. Well, yeah, you could be looking at a year severance, except it's a year severance based on half of race on your full compensation. I mean, gosh, can you imagine that? That's a terrible situation. So not only did you make less money because they cut your pay, now you lost half your severance. Absolutely terrible situation. And and I've seen this exact scenario happen when Mm -hmm. someone called me after they lost their job. And they wanted to know, can I do something about it? I said, well, unfortunately, the time to talk to me would have been when they reduced your compensation. Uh, right. So don't accept it. Yeah. Don't let that happen to you. Uh, a change like that is a big deal. It's a big deal, uh, and you should treat that as a constructive dismissal. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In the meantime, we'll get to another email. Phil, you're up next. says, uh, I was hired because the employee that held the position before me went on disability. After two years, this other employee is coming back to work, and my employer is telling me that my only choice is to relocate one and a half hours away from where we are now. What do I do? Yeah, well, no, that's not your only choice. So, so let's start with the fact that, yes, it's... The employer is allowed to let uh, Phil go, okay? In this situation, there's another employee that is going to be in that position. So Phil may, th- may think that's unfair. And, you know, I think he's right. right. It's unfair. But legally, the employer can do that. But the fact that the employer is going to put someone in Phil's position, 
doesn't mean that Phil's only option is to relocate an hour and a half later. Absolutely not. The other option is, no, this is now a termination, and if there's no job for me, I don't want to work an hour and a half later or to go work an hour and a half away. So you can treat that as a termination and get your severance. So really, the choices that Phil has is as follows. He can relocate an hour and a half away, and if he wants to do that, I guess, fine. Or no, he's mm-hmm. owed severance right now, and uh, if, if he's been there for a couple of years, he, depending on specific position and his age, it could be four, five, six months pay, potentially more, depending on on, uh, on those factors. So those are his options. That's what Phil has a right to do. So I, I don't know that it makes sense for him to commute an extra hour and a half each way. He can treat that as a termination yeah. and hopefully find a job much, much closer to home. Flip that over to the employer side, though. What if the employer has this guy working for two years because the uh, other employee was on disability, and it turns out this guy is an absolute rock star, and they actually want to keep him? You know, the other guy's coming back from disability because you know the seat is still warm, but they want to keep the the guy that was there for two years. What do they do? Well, you know, it's uh, obviously a, a difficult situation, but the law is actually fairly clear. Uh, if you've uh-huh. uh, you're the employee and you hired someone to take over the uh, the other position, you don't have to fire them. Okay, you, you don't have to fire them to make room for the person coming back from disability. Now, if this was a maternity leave situation, yes, you would have ah. to fire them in order to bring back the, 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 the parent that was off on maternity leave. But with the disability, it's different. What you have to do as the employer is, is try to find the employee that's coming back from, uh, from a medical leave. Try to find a position for them, whether it's the same position or a similar position. Uh, make best efforts to try to find the position. If you legitimately cannot, then you may be able to let them go with full severance. But you sure, uh-huh. sure definitely have to be able to show that you've made real efforts to try to find a position for them and that there's literally nothing available. Then you could uh, let them go without be- it being a human rights violation. Let's slide in a call here in the remaining uh, few minutes for sure. Get to, uh, to Jose. Hey, Jose, how are you? Uh, pretty good, thanks. Good. What's going on with you? Um, I just uh, actually I was just uh, concerned about the um, early retirement for people that already have uh, severance package in place, and I find that I not I, I believe is not enough for the time of service that has been put in, and I wanted to know if there's any if there's anything that I need to do before I requested that early retirement. So what do you mean uh, early retirement for people that have severance in place? What do you mean by that they have severance oh, in place already? Uh, it's a company, a company right now it has a, um, it has a, a service plus age, and if it, equals a, uh, if it equals a certain number, which is just coming up mm-hmm. pretty soon, and, and that is at, um, uh, 70. Okay. So 70 years uh, are old. Are you union, already. Jose? And the union, that's right. Okay. Ah, I knew it. So, so unionized employees don't get severance the same way as non-union employees. It's 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 very very different, and and it's a lot less than non-union. Now, in terms of early retirement, if you're talking about a situation where you decide, you know what, I want to leave, uh, and I want you to to pay me something, the company is generally, unless the collective agreement requires them to pay you, uh, they don't have to to pay someone for early retirement. The law doesn't impose that obligation. So the company may say, no, we're not going to pay you anything for early retirement. Or they may say, we'll pay you X amount. And if you don't want to, that's fine. You don't have to retire. So generally speaking, uh, early retirement is something between you and the company. There may be something in the collective agreement that, that addresses it. The only one that can answer that is the union. And remember, uh, you know, our, for our listeners, and when it comes to, to unionized employees, number two things. Number one, 
you don't get the same amount of severance. In fact, you, you get, unfortunately, pennies on the dollar in comparison to non-union employees. And number two, if there is ever a problem, the only one that's allowed to help a unionized employee is the union. Unionized employee cannot hire a lawyer, cannot uh, go on their own to the Ministry of Labor, to the uh, Employment Standards Branch. It has to be the union in every case. Appreciate that call, uh, Jose. Hope we, uh, you know, cleared some stuff up for you there. I want to get to Tally in here quickly with an email. Says, and we just we talked about this. That's why I want to bring it up. Tally writes in. Lior says, "I'm supposed to return to work from a maternity leave. There you go. In a couple months, my employer just called and told me that they don't have a job for me and my employment will be terminated. Is this legal?" Well, it may well not be legal, and the biggest problem with that is she's not coming back for another couple of months, and how does the company know today that a couple of months from now they won't have a job? I mean, they may know, but they may not know, and in most cases, I would tell an employer that you you have to wait till the employee is ready to come back to work before you assess whether you have a job. So that's problem number one. It it seems to me like they've jumped the gun here, but beyond that, why don't they have a job? Is it because, as you said, uh, maybe they hired someone and they want to keep that person? Well, no, I can't. They can't do that. Or, or yeah. is it because they've decided that uh, they're afraid Talia is going to take another maternity leave in the future, so they don't want to bring her back? Again, that's illegal. Those would be human rights violations. They would be violations of the Employment Standards Act. So they can't do that. So there's a lot here to digest. I'd want to speak to Talia. I'd want to find out more about her case. She may be in a situation where not only does she get severance, that's a given, okay? But she could have other entitlements, other damages that are owed to her. Uh, and, and the basic rule here in maternity leave is you have to take the person back to work. Now, if it's absolutely impossible that the whole department shut down and there's nothing there, fine. Then you right. just pay severance. But those are rare situations, John. In yep. almost every other situation, you have to take the person back. There's no exceptions here. Uh, there, there's no gray areas. You have to do it. Good for another afternoon, my friend. Wicked. We will reconvene to, uh, next Sunday at this time, four o'clock, for more employment law and making you smarter for the uh, for the entire hour. Want to reach out now that we're done? 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior and the team. It is email help at employmenthour.com and always check first at severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour. It's right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.